Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. The sun shines bright on my old Kentucky drunk. Bob, I'm not going to sing this. Stop trying to make me. Anyway, today's episode is the Kentucky Common. Is there anything to really make this beer stand out from the pack? Probably not. But it's local to us, so we're going to give it a chance to impress us. So sit back, watch us drink something from Kentucky that isn't bourbon, and join us as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. Uh, I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hello. Hi, everybody. Howdy. Indeed. Oh, geez. How's everybody been? Um, Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Our neighbors. Woo! Boo! Well, it's officially, well, okay, it's not officially. This week will definitely be spring. <laughs> it's gonna feel like spring. That's that's definitely true. I mean, spring's a state of mind, man. <laughs> not, no. not if you have allergies, though. <sighs> no, it's a state of mind. Definitely, it's a uh, groggy, cloudy state of mind. <laughs> a Zyrtec state of mind. <laughs> that was hmm. me in Florida. That's a. Uh, that was a, a, a lesser-known Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a Zyrtec state of mind. <laughs> uh, See, and I thought of yeah. that song, the song from the Buffy soundtrack. Mm, okay, well. Anywho. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so what's the other shenanigans have been everyone getting into? Uh, Let's pick somebody and go around the table. Casey. How are things in the land of beer? Uh, been in Michigan the past week, so that is the land of beer. It is land of beer. I just haven't drank a whole lot of beer while I was been up while I've been up there. I did well, did stop by a uh, specialty grocery store though, picked up a couple of uh, sojis. Mm. So um, those will be uh, coming into the the tasting realm here soon, hopefully. Uh. Some rice wines and whatnot, or rice, uh, rice liquors. Rice, rice wine. Sorry. Didn't, didn't make it over to New Holland with all their no. rices? I've been down with the sickness. Um, ah. It's not COVID. It's not the flu. It's just something that the kids brought home. So it's, uh, <laughs> I, I spent an entire evening, uh, well, more than just an evening. I spent like probably... F- 36 hours in bed just didn't want to move um 
still have the the lung stuff, but you know, getting getting better day by day. Uh, we did go to Buca de Beppo though. Oh, oh yeah, I, that, I mean that's the reason you didn't want to move for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll do it to you. Oh, that was fun. The human okay. body wasn't meant to hold that much ziti. <laughs> Look, the human body will do what I tell it to do. How's <laughs> uh, a uh, all right? Well, how have things been over in Casa de Walker? Uh, I've not been home for a week. Uh, <laughs> today is my day home. I, I, it was supposed to be the oh, you get the weekend home and then you have to leave again. It's like well, when I spend all Friday evening driving home, and then not, yeah, and then the the child wakes up in the middle of the night. One a.m. It's great. Hmm. Just not wanting to be in there. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I'm awake. It's like, well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> like, yeah, do what I want, Dad. <laughs> but I am, so deal with it. Mm-hmm. And we tried. Uh, yeah, he's been working out of town this past week and then this coming week, so that's been fun. Uh, me being just, just me and Emmett, chilling. Uh, mm-hmm. Eating out a bit too much. <laughs> um, but otherwise, like, yeah. Uh, we've, everything has been cool until like today really um as far as like he woke up too early and then like he has a fever today and it's like that's that's great here we are (laughs) pump him full of tylenol put him to bed (laughs) and somehow he's also become more obsessed with mario i didn't know that that was possible and like i love mario stuff but like i'm kind of starting to get sick of watching mario party videos <laughs> All he wants to do is get on YouTube and watch Mario Party videos or Lego Mario like play sets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to watch someone play with the Lego Mario playset. No one can afford that stuff, right? <laughs> I get so excited about it. I was like, we're not getting it. Like fifty dollars for one starter set. Tell them about it, the reaction of you of all watching the dude walk around. Oh yeah, uh, so, Super Nintendo Land. Yeah, the video we watched of that the guy and his YouTube channel is pretty great though. He he goes around like the Asian parks and stuff to be like, oh here, you know, like Tokyo Disneyland and like um you know Tokyo Disney Sea and then the one the one in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so that he went to Universal Studios Japan where they have Nintendo World. And Super Nintendo Super World. Super Nintendo World, sorry. Get it right. Uh, which looks... Super Fancom World. They're in Japan. Awesome. Get it right. <laughs> uh, but so we watched that video and Emmett was like, let's go. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, I want to go. And I was like, I do too. We can't. <laughs> and he's like, he's like gathering his toys. He's like, we're going. <laughs> he had, he, oh, you're raising a small, and I don't mean this in a regal sense. I mean this in a musical sense. You're raising a small prince. <laughs> yeah. That, that evening with Kevin Smith bit where he talks about like how Prince just doesn't understand. Yeah. No really. as an answer. It's like, I would like a llama Prince. It's three in the morning. In February, in Detroit, <laughs> we can't get you a llama. I don't, I don't understand why not. I mean, like, the difference being that Emmett is three. <laughs> why is Bru- the, the world speaks to me in weird ways? So uh, I don't know if this, this is a spoiler for somebody. Uh, I'm uh, reading Ready Player Two. Oh, okay, I've not read it, so spoil me, Daddy. Well, this isn't going to be a big spoiler, but they they just touched down on the Prince planet, 
in the Oasis. There's an entire planet dedicated to Prince. Guess Nothing what but the, doves flying and purple rain. And Guess what the planet is shaped like? Uh, is it an unpronounceable symbol? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, that checks out. <laughs> like, I, I remember the time I used to think Prince was insane for that, and then I realized it was an entire targeted strategy to really undermine his, his record contract, and I went, oh, it's him being petty. Well, not petty, but him like getting back at a bad deal. I can respect this, <laughs> even if it's being petty. I can respect that. I I get where that's from. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bob, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot. Um, it's been. Uh, I'm off this coming week. I, I'm required by law, apparently, to take a week off. Uh, so I'm using my vacation time and. Uh, It'd be nice. I'll get to go uh, see some see some familiar faces. You know, go back home, visit this, visit some family, maybe hang out with Casey at the at Broken Throne. That's that's on the horizon. Uh, other than that, been been a slow week. All right. Two weeks. <laughs> what a time! I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what we did do this week though was uh, a news episode. Yes, and, and it's been slim pickings for a while on stories, guys. Look, I mean, stories are getting fewer and fewer by the week. There's just not a lot going on in our industries, but we did find some some to impress because, hey, we had uh, the fi- finally it's happening. Uh, help, help, it's happening. The release of Castle and Key's first bourbon. True. Uh, it's happening in well, next month in April. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if you want to hear their descriptors and figure out how to get a hold of their first and second batches, that's in the news episode. Yeah, uh, we also talked about uh, 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 wine price, uh, wine, lime prices are <laughs> rising, so Ooh. it's going to be, gonna be hard, hard pressed to get a good margarita for a bit. <laughs> on the, on the, the, the. Was it the Horizon? I guess Cinco de Mayo. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, and then I I liked the story of like Starbucks is going to be phasing out their uh, paper cups. So I thought it was cool. I don't know what they'll write on though. How how will they scribble an an, impres- uh, an indecipherable script <laughs> for a mispronounced name? Maybe maybe they'll have to do a headstone. Uh, Maybe. Go listen to the episode, you'll get the joke. <laughs> it's All a bad right. joke. Uh, before we roll into the main episode, I guess uh, we had we had thoughts earlier, and uh, we considered maybe messing with the format of the show. And then mm, I was yes. I was promptly told, "No, you're going to make people mad." <laughs> no, we we said we should give some warning. Yeah, so we're we're giving that warning. So the next. Uh, Coupled a few episodes, uh, we will tweak some of the formatting of the episode. It'll be all the same stuff that you're used to, just maybe in different orders or different obtainable ways. Uh, we'll, uh, no matter what, the next couple episodes at least will be topic first. How the, you know, us rambling on about our personal lives comes will be different. So we're, we're just going to test the waters with this because I don't, you know, putting it out there, the most the most common feedback we ever get that's negative is that people don't want that. They can't. They want the topic. They don't want the us rambling on 
about our personal lives. If you want to have us ramble on about our personal lives, let us know. Yes. Or if you or if you agree and it's a good change, also let us know. Use the feedback. <laughs> yes. We'll get to that later, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, just a heads up, that'll be coming uh, in the next couple weeks or next couple episodes. Just just a test. If nobody likes it and everyone hates it, hey, we can do the way we've done things the last six six years. Let's not, let's not chart how much time that is. Yes, let's not. Let's not, and let's get into the topic. Just thinking, actually, as we're talking about, like, don't think about time. How how old that movie is getting? Say that movie is okay. I have to look this up. But but I I, I love it so. Uh, anyway, today we are talking about the Kentucky Common. Uh, California has their common. We have our common. Anyone else have a common? Really? No, I don't think two. so. Yeah. Just just the hard K sounds. California and Kentucky. Yeah. Mm. I mean alliteration. Uh, you got to go with it. I don't know why I just thought of it, but we could have also done a Blue Moon of Kentucky joke in the uh, intro. Blue drunk of Kentucky, keep on drinking. Uh, also, two thousand six yeah. on that movie. That, uh, wow. Okay. I was gonna say, oh, that's not that. Oh, not sixteen. Six. Yeah, I uh, I was in college. <laughs> it was a simpler time. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Uh, anyway, to the topic. Focusing on the topic. Uh, <laughs> the Kentucky Common, uh, sometimes called Common. Yeah, that's right. The real common. Uh, or dark cream ale. Don't like that name. Dark cream ale. No, I, I can see that. I can see it, but just that name, when I hear it, I go, oh, that has a sexual connotation I wasn't expecting. Some of that dark Dark cream. cream. Yeah. Uh, anyway, once uh, uh, was once an extremely popular regional style centered around Louisville. I mean, I guess we'll give him something. Uh, its origin was rooted in the influx of German and Irish immigrants to the region in the mid-1800s. Like other immigrants, they adapted the ingredients available in their new home to make beer the way they used to. That that seems to be the immigrant brewing distilling story. Hey, we got here. We know how to do things. We don't have the old things. Yeah. Put some more, <laughs> put some more corn in that. <laughs> That's a lot of corn. Here. Yeah. It's Kentucky. We're used to using a lot of corn in our beverages. Uh, Kentucky Common uh, may even be compared to the British pub ales of the time. Uh, low alcohol, slightly dark or amber, easy drinking, cheap, refreshing, a perfect beverage for a hard day's work. Just waiting for a hard day's night. Uh, but I've been on the Beatles kick, so there's that. You've been uh, drinking for a hard day's night? been working like a dog uh drinking like a dog uh the earliest known reference to the kentucky common is in the second edition of the american handy book of brewing malting and associated trades by robert wall and max heinous that's heinous. Hate, i have no idea I don't. you hate to be mr and mrs heinous <laughs> You can legally change your name, guys. 
You don't have to live like this. It's one of those names that you... Uh. <laughs> uh, in 1902, the publication gave a well-detailed description on the making of, the Kentucky, of a Kentucky Common, uh, including the grain bill, mash temperature, boiling, and fermentation. As noted in the 1902 description, the Kentucky Common is most frequently... Uh, sorry, is uh, found most feverish popularity among the laboring classes. As with most things. I mean, that seems accurate. Like, yeah, you want to you. What do what do people want after a long day? Something you can crush. I don't want to have. I don't want to. You know, I want something I can enjoy, and not die the next morning with. So the the name heinous. It just, I can't help but go to. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm stuck on this. Uh, Robin Hood men in tights. Her <laughs> last name's Latrine. <laughs> like, it's an interesting name, Latrine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Used to be shithouse. He shittered. <laughs> <laughs> we changed it when we immigrated over. It's a good change. Good change. Good, good change. change. <laughs> God. God, I love that movie. Um, I, I, I need someone to keep Max... I need someone to keep Mel Brooks alive for the rest of time. Uh... Anyway, uh, let's see. Where was it? Oh, uh, the uh, this was likely due to its quick availability and its cheap cost. The beer was delivered uh, to the market while still fermenting in the cask, giving a complete turnaround. Brewery to co- uh, to consumer of only six to eight days. I I can kind of appreciate that. I there's a, there's an aspect of that I enjoy. It's like how fresh do you want this? It's still fermenting. Let's go. <laughs> well, our last wine episode, like it, like it just come to those things, like one of those I call it the common clay yes. thing. Like, yeah, this is fresh. Like it's fermenting while shipped. Like it's finishing the, the second part of this. Well, the, and the next, the next bit here makes a good point. Before modern refrigeration, most breweries depended on ice to cut the previous winter for producing beer. So there's also a look. We got to hurry. <laughs> The Louisville area did not usually have the weather conditions to produce enough ice for this. Yeah. Being Louisville. Hell is pretty hot. <laughs> it's not Phoenix. <laughs> no, but it is a garbage place for... No, I'm sorry. I should not be insulting people from Louisville. I have a, I have a deep-seated... We're from East Kentucky. In... We have a... We, it's like ingrained in your DNA to not like Louisville. Yeah. It's ingrained yeah. in your DNA that the state ends at Frankfurt if you're going west. <laughs> it goes no further. <laughs> I tried to explain to somebody that like, oh, what do you think is uh, Western Kentucky? Louisville. <laughs> they went, that's west? I don't think you understand how east I'm from. <laughs> we're so east. Yeah, EKU, as much as they would love to be Eastern Kentucky. No. They're Central Central, Kentucky. They, should be, they should be CKU. Yeah. yeah. Hundred percent. It's literally just south of UK. <laughs> like, Where, yeah. Whereas Moorhead is basically EKU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, Moorhead is legitimately. Oh, you you've graduated high school from Eastern Kentucky. Where are you going? Yeah. Most likely Moorhead. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Alice Lloyd's pretty high up there. I Casey, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, you only get like one from each school. <laughs> <laughs> then how is it that like 80% of my friends went to Alice Lloyd? 
That must be a Floyd they, versus Johnson County thing, because like cause, everybody uh, I know went to Morehead or EKU. I mean, look, one of those is a lot cheaper than the other, but I, I digress. <laughs> you had like three friends. I, th- I think that's the only way that we can justify it. <laughs> I had three friends, and they all roomed together. <laughs> that yes, actually, that's. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm getting my Kentucky Common ready. Uh, anyway, with the uh, influx of European immigrants to Louisville during the mid-19th century, uh, there was an increased demand for beer in the area. Common beer was fermented at a higher temperature, that, uh, like an ale, was aged for a very short period of time, if at all, before being consumed, thus limiting the need to keep it cool. Compared to the California Common Beer, or Steam Beer, which has a similar origin due to the lack of refrigeration. Which we covered. <laughs> well, we have covered. I look. I think when we were planning this, we all swore we have cov- we had covered this topic. Yeah, because we did the episode that was on anchor, anchor slash steam beer, and I think we mentioned Kentucky Common in it, and so we're all like, "Oh yeah, we've done it." And it was like, "No, you go back and look at that." You're like, "No, we didn't." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anyway, this kept the overhead costs down and made it inexpensive to purchase, so it was very popular among the working class people. Uh, I mean, cheap beer sells. That's just because it's cheap doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, what did we find about it? Our light beer experiment? <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get I back mean, to part of we... the part of the the kind of mystique of this beer has been the cost cutting measures i think barley's expensive throwing corn um <laughs> it's expensive to have space to keep things fermenting well throw it in the cask and give it to them <laughs> while it's still fermenting they like the bubbles yeah so um it could be good but you know it was very much about cutting costs yeah, yeah. and it Which, worked is that is that is mean we we can expect to see a resurgence of this style yeah <laughs> I was going to say, is there a more Kentucky thing you can think of than Cotton how can cost. we make this cheaper? <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, splice in some tobacco juice and then we'll be good. Yeah. The only other thing is how can we make it it uh, more fattening? <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, that's we haven't found a way to inject nacho cheese and ranch dressing directly into beer yet. Give it, a, give it time. <laughs> so, oh. wait. Ooh, just, you say that that's... immediately go we... back to... Uh, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force when, <laughs> when they deep fry the entire cow. <laughs> like we injected it with ranch ranch and four different kinds of cheese. Oh, like yes. what? You think it died of natural causes? <laughs> oh, that's Aqua Teen. I was going to say Squidbillies did a similar episode with the chicken. Remember? Oh, no. That was they genetically mutated a chicken to have like 90 wings and it's like <laughs> lactated ranch. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) the beer was racked into barrels while actively fermenting and tightly bunged to allow carbonation (laughs) in the saloon cellar. Sorry, I'm a child. You are. (laughs) So is Casey with that great hat. (laughs) Your lungs hurt me, Casey. (laughs) The tuberculosis has finally caught him. (laughs) He's got the consumption. I knew it was coming. <laughs> so that's a an old joke between all of us. Because if you've ever been around Casey in the morning hours, uh, he has like uh, this. If you've ever lived with Casey Price, cough. this man has a very de- has a very rough cough. I, I think we may have talked about it before, but um, my child knows me by my cough. 
like <laughs> I was coming up to the hotel room last past week and coughed outside the door and Frank went, Daddy? And I heard him inside. <laughs> but it seriously sounds like Casey has tuberculosis in the morning. We so look, there were there were there were many years where like we the first couple of years you're concerned, and then after a while you go, he's not dead yet. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're still saying that it turns out. So. All right, so uh, there's some speculation that it was a variant of the lighter common or cream ale produced throughout much of the East prior to the Civil War, and that the darker grains were added by the mostly Germanic brewers to help acidify the typical carbonate water of the Louisville area. Or that they had a preference for darker colored beers. This is a. The color of this beer does soothe me. (laughs) So uh, they made a low alcohol, thirst quenching beer, basically a dark version of American cream ale. The grain bill was a mix of the protein laden six row malt and some native corn to smooth the beer out. I want to point out when I made the joke about let's chuck some corn into it, <laughs> that was a joke. You hadn't gotten that was there. me not realizing that, like, in fact, that yeah, it was them going, let's toss that, some corn in that there. That was, in oh, fact, yeah. their answer. <laughs> so that was this episode is just yeah. full of little, uh, little tidbits from us because it's from Kentucky. But uh, my interview for my current position when I was transferring was done at a brewery at the request of the interviewers because they had heard of the show oh okay they said let's let's do it at the brewery that was like a quarter mile from uh the location at the time and so we're in there and then like we sit down and they order a beer and like well you know we'll get it order a beer well we were at alexandria brewing who kind of famously for the area has a kentucky common so i'm like i'm here they have one i'm getting it so I got it, and we're drinking. They're like, out of nowhere, they're like, "Well, you know, what's a what's a fun fact from the show or something? Like, tell us something, you know." And I was like, "Well, the beer I got's the Kentucky Common," and I was like, "Start spinning it into like, hey, you, Kentucky and bourbon. It's mostly corn in the mash." I was like, "Well, guess what? The Kentucky Common's a beer with corn in the mash <laughs> because Kentucky." Yeah, fun facts. Uh, so a dab of dark caramel malts were added. The water around Louisville is alkaline, so the small addition of dark malt could have been to help acidify the mash. It also could have been added just to increase character. Kentucky Commons' quick turnaround time and thus short shelf life may have had a lot to do with its popularity being confined to a rather small area. However, for Louisville, it remained the go-to right up until Prohibition. That's... So Prohibition killed the common. Yeah, that's accurate. As with most things. <laughs> yeah. or, or most ales. Um, Prohibition, Prohibition. Killed the ra- Prohibition killed the radio star. <laughs> I immediately got that in my head, too. <laughs> so if you, if you looked at the pre-Prohibition lagers and the pre-Prohibition ales, they're a bit darker because the, the process of brewing um, was more... City-based, and then whenever you went to macro lagers that were brewed in industrial complexes that filtered the crap out of the water and were using very simplistic non-limestone water shelves, um, it it just tended to be the the way that those beers would would brew well, just a, a flavorless lager beer. 
never uh, yeah. I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, because it's like, well, ales, I mean, they very much existed before Prohibition, but the fact that, you know, Prohibition killed the ale. Yeah. Yeah. Kill, like, killed what an ale was at the time. Like, that's, I don't know, you just, like, blew my mind. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, as you were saying, like, yeah, you're right, because it was literally just, because anything anyone thinks of a beer now, post-prohibition, is generally, like, oh, it's a lager. It's, you know, straw-colored, see-through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are very few um, ale breweries post-prohibition. Um, and a lot of that does tend to go with the fact that German brewers were lager breweries, but, um, still you had your big German brewers that really took off and, and took over the masses with their beers. Right. Well, craft brewers looking at, uh, the descriptions of Kentucky common available to them concluded that the style carried a slightly sour character. The idea is largely attributed to a description found in the third edition of Walls and Heinous's American Handybook of the Brewing, uh, Malting and Associated Trades, published in 1906. The description included the following passage. A slight but characteristic bacteria taste and flavor, which can be obtained by employing a yeast containing a moderate number of bacteria of the rod-shaped variety, they go on to state, to obtain the desired results, the yeast should contain about 2% of such bacteria. I really want to know what love is. <laughs> I, I, I want to know how they got to that conclusion. Like in 1906. They, it, not, not necessarily the rod shape, because I understand, you know, we had, we're past Louis Pasteur and all that. But how did they come to the, the the conclusion that now we are going to say this one beer is now the the example of the style, mm. and we're also going to say, even if I look at it under a microscope and say, here's rod-shaped bacteria, that's one beer in a time when sanitation wasn't that big of a deal. Mm. And we don't know. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Not to the level it is today in stainless steel and everything. But uh, that may not have been intentional um, to have that level of sour. And it may have just been bad beer. It could have been a bad batch, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's... Or a bad brewery. Yeah. That is... uh, uh, there's two things with that. Uh, we were discussing about how um, Against the Grain had a Kentucky Common that was sour. Yes. And I I feel like that might be, you know, where that idea comes from, to, to do a Kentucky Common that's sour because it's supposed to have that. The other thing, Casey, is that uh, the the book that led to uh, that led to the, you know, uh, Food and Drug Act was put out in 1906, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. So yes, this was before they were really starting to try to pay attention to to cleanliness. Yeah. Like before they were federally mandated to hey, stop just dumping dead bodies into, you know, <laughs> your hot dog mix. <laughs> it's like when we removed trans fats, nothing tasted the same ever since. <laughs> so- oh, I've been adding trans fats back in. Just, just so a syringe. Is it like that? If I mean, 
that episode of American Dad where they're like, <laughs> it's like Crisco containers of trans fat, and they're just like eating it by the handful. <laughs> I'm I'm convinced that many of the childhood foods that they've tried to bring back and have not been as good is because we don't have trans fats now. We did then, like. 3D Doritos were much better. They had oh, a yeah. different flavor, different texture, everything they, they 25 screwed, years ago. They screwed up the Dunkaroos when they brought them back. It's just like, oh, yep, nah, yeah. dog. Yeah, Dunkaroos 100% are horrible. That. Yeah. The, yeah, these these are the things that I think about um, <laughs> and are the exact examples, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the assumption was that since distilling uses sour mash and Kentucky is known for its whiskey, that sour mashing would likely have been part of the brewing process, too. Not a huge leap and an understandable hypothesis at that, but new research has shown no good evidence of sh- of sour mashing. I wanted or to shower sh- mashing. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> I wanted to chew that up and, like, shower mashing. <laughs> uh, while sour mash is used to reduce the pH of a whiskey mash to the proper range of enzymatic reaction, the addition of dark grains to the Kentucky Common would serve the same purpose, rendering the sour mash procedure unnecessary. Hmm. So, I do that literally every show on the the messing up of, of, I don't know, when your brain is like, you're going to run all of these four words together or something. Because when I have to say slash have a drink show like, shash for, yeah slash and show i'm like i just i have to like really pause and think about it and it just it messes with me oh. shash have a drink slow <laughs> exactly uh, but yeah i'm to the point now where i'm trying to find a, an actual version of this book now to see what <laughs> like it's a pretty thick little volume but this has got me into a rabbit hole that i probably shouldn't be in because i have a tendency to buy every broom book I see, <laughs> and these can get quite expensive when they're a hundred years old. Yeah, right, nineteen oh six. Yeah. Um. So yeah, assumptions that the Kentucky Common was a sour beer are based on the description of the style written in nineteen oh six. However, uh, based on brewing records, mash lengths and hopping rates would have made sour mashing impossible. As Lactobacillus delbruchii, question mark. Sure. Uh, the delbruchii. Oh, actually, I was going to ask, maybe it's Dobrukii, but... So the the two lactobacillus strains uh, used in sour mashing are both hop-sensitive, lacking the uh, or-a or a gene? Uh, don't know. Uh, nonetheless, in the same work, the bacteria identified in the beer was identified as rod-shaped, which would indicate lactobacillus, but it would most likely, or more likely, have been lactobacillus plantarum, which is hop-tolerant, and inhabits contaminated uh, cooperage. Huh. Uh, the slight souring would have been an incidental, even if widespread, and not a defining feature of the style. I did not read this deep into this paragraph, but yeah, that sounds exactly like what what happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, I'm picturing. Uh, 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 it's like I'm well, like uh, the the joke we used to say that my dad said uh, that that Coors Light was too hoppy. It's like, oh well, he's uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's hop toast intolerant. <laughs> Um, and beer beer recipes change, so um, mm. the the Coors Light may have been hoppier back in the seventies. It's also likely that all he had access to was like you know, uh, uh, sh- uh, uh bootleg Schlitz and <laughs> right. 
Yep. Uh, so um, Delbruckii also can give off pineapple flavors, which is interesting um, hmm. as far as lactose goes. Like a. Uh... <laughs> Which can be a little tart. So. It's just making me, like, you say pineapple, and I'm thinking of beer. Like, oh, yeah, like that Avery beer that's supposed to taste like passion fruit, but. <laughs> uh, Lily Kaliki, walk, uh, whatever. Not going to work here anymore. Exactly. So, up until the late 19th century, Kentucky Common was not brewed in the summer months unless cellars, usually used for malting, were used for fermentation. With the advent of ice machines, the larger breweries were able to brew year-round. In the period from 1900 to Prohibition, about 75% of the beer sold in Louisville, or in the Louisville area, was Kentucky Common. With Prohibition, the style died completely, as the few larger breweries that survived were almost exclusively lager producers. Uh, It's only been lately that research has shown the falsity of any intentional souring of Kentucky Common, but... The idea seemed plausible, even likely, at the time of its stumbling first steps to resurrection in the mid-1990s, and those 20 years have created a false face to the style's past, not to mention some pretty good beer. So in recent years, uh, the Kentucky Common style has been lifted up out of obscurity, thanks in large part to the ever-curious craft beer movement. However, these inroads have not been without a strange set of circumstances, which has split Kentucky Common's history into a modern and traditional take on the style. As of 2014, it was not generally available, but there were occasional attempts at revival. Uh, Some of these, of course, have since been retired. Uh, So, as of 2014, um, there were quite a few. So, uh, and and not all in Kentucky, interestingly enough, I feel. So, uh, New Albanian Brewing Company uh, did the Phoenix Kentucky Common local option, which was out of Chicago, just did most of them are just called the Kentucky Common Ale. <laughs> like they just here yeah. it is. Um Avenues Proper in Salt Lake City. The Bluegrass Brown. Also a really great name. Uh Fall mm. City is the one that I think most people know of and the one we tried to find. I don't I thought it was retired, but it may not be. Um but e- either way, uh that's kind of uh, the, the big one. Bluegrass sorry, I'm still stuck on bluegrass brown, which is uh a great play on words. <laughs> Well, it's it's presumably, you know, a mix of like, you know, the hot brown and, you know, Kentucky to make it sound like very Kentucky for for the thing. But I'm just thinking of it like, like uh, sounds gross, like it's some 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 form of Cleveland steamer is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it does make sense that this beer would be one that would be popular. I, I won't say popular, but would be easy to make in Salt Lake City. Since you could serve it on draft and still be within style guidelines. As I was saying, you got the True, low alcohol yeah. content thing, and yeah. So I'm going to go to Urban Dictionary and putting oh God. Kentucky Hot Brown. In <laughs> <laughs> no, put, no, put Bluegrass Brown. No, uh, put I mean, Kentucky Hot Brown. Okay. Anyway, imagine you if you combine steam beer and and this one, you would have a a steamy brown. <laughs> oh, or, or a bluegrass oh, steam brown. The bluegrass steamer. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Who wants to know what a Kentucky hot brown is Can on we, Urban Dictionary? I don't really feel like putting a, an explicit thing on this episode. An act of revenge perpetrated by defacing the target's car. Preferably, this will happen at the beginning of a hot, sunny day, allowing the payload to bake to a perfectly hideous level before being discovered. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought you were going to say preferably uh, put into the vehicle of a Duke uh, of a Duke fan. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, well, that, I mean, uh, or Louisville. Yeah. Don't they just hate everybody right now? Like it's Louisville, Duke, Florida. But by the way, I, I had, since they just beat them. The irony did not escape me that we are putting out an episode about the Kentucky Common <laughs> in the week. In March Madness, yeah. If of March Madness, where Kentucky, where University of Kentucky was kicked out Let's in the first round, rub salt in that wound. So used in a sentence for sleeping with his brother, Steve left Helen a Kentucky hot brown in her civic while she was at work. Yeah, I saw a, uh, uh, I saw a meme of uh, Tubby Smith's record versus the last seven years, and. Uh, it's not. It's not looking good. Tubby's coming out on top. It looks like, and that's never a good thing. No. Oh. Oh God. No. There's more. There's more definitions. Okay. Okay. We just need to. Get we. You we, yeah, we, we need to keep going. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's a. That's a possibly a post show thing, depending. Anywho. So. Uh, <laughs> so local to us, like as in Chris and I, darkness brewing, which is literally we, we can walk to it. From here, it's not um, even a quarter copy. mile. Yeah. Bellevue Common uh, is their Kentucky Common. Uh, Upstate Brewing Company in New York uh, do Common Sense. I think that one's not retired. I think that's like still active. Um, Iron Duke Brewery uh, in Massachusetts does the Common, uh, and then I, I don't know, there's a few other ones. There's another Salt Lake City one, of course. Uh, Sawstone Brewing in Moorhead, Kentucky. Did not know that was a thing at all. But oh, yeah, good brewery. They yeah. do a Kentucky Common. Weren't they the ones so. that um, they they got a cease and desist from Stone? Oh, probably. They have Stone in their name. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised at all. Um, yeah. So that was uh, that was some of the at least the starters of the revival. Say. We uh, we had a. A meeting about a new beer that we're coming out with, and did your standard look through on on who's got a name that's similar and all that, and and we came across a couple names, and one of them on the list was something that was not exactly. I mean, it was within the same realm, but wasn't exactly the same as a beer that Stone had um, in its name. And uh, I said, no, guys, we don't want to go there. I just sent yeah. a couple links to the lawsuits that they have found. So I, no. that, yeah, I was like, they're litigious. We, we yeah. don't even want to deal with that. So, like, uh, it, in, in the way that's like, oh, like, uh, you know, some, place, some people are really going to sue at the drop of the hat. Stone will sue you if you have the letters that make the word stone in your beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's very much the case um, so, that I have Sing. We'll probably get a cease and desist just for saying this. <laughs> Talking about it, yeah. So if you want to know why that is, uh, we didn't cover it in the news episode because Brewbound is the only one carrying the story, and I won't pay for the subscription to read it. Uh, apparently, they have a payment due to investors. It's like two hundred and sixty some million dollars <laughs> coming up, and they don't. They apparently had like low key been trying to sell the brewery so they could make this payment. Mm, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, they're they're very litigious because they have to pay their uh, <laughs> their investors. Gotcha. Um, oh. yeah, there were a couple of these that were from Utah, so Utah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. Also, I did a little research here, and here's something to blow your mind even more. 
I think the reason that we have loggers that have started after prohibition is because refrigeration came into full effect in the 1920s and 30s. Yeah. Mm. And so we I don't I don't think we would have had if prohibition happened any earlier or any later, I don't think we would have had the same issue. I think it would have been if it had happened earlier, L's would have come right back after the the great yeah. experiment ended. If it happened later, I think L's would probably be there because loggers would have been tried and tested and everything. And but it hit, it hit just the right time for loggers for loggers to be easier to make, and for it to be a a refreshing, cheap, easy to produce to become mass ubiquitous scale. like symbol of beer. Yeah. yeah. If this invention didn't happen at this time, the the landscape of beer would be totally different. I sorry, now we're just getting into like I really wish I had a really good way of like doing a simulation of history to go like I, I oh, really want to yeah. play with that. Yeah. That would be that's that's what people using time machines are doing. They're manipulating <laughs> those little time they're, variables. They're watching the variant timelines and seeing what happens. Yep. Anyway, Isn't that we, we need to get on with game civilization. So. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Well, yeah, because because all of all of reality is actually just a simulation, right? So, nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. The game civilization is when you're like, how can I like keep sanitation and everything down and have the most oppressive military on the planet and conquer the world? Or you just we go, play F we it. play civilization very differently. Or you just <laughs> go f it. Everything goes to science, and I win by sending a man to the moon. Yes. Bob's a Bob's a religious victory type of guy. No, oh, I'm usually I've, science, but. I've, I've done religious uh, victories, and it is—it's kind of difficult. <laughs> I've accidentally won culture a number of times playing America <laughs> in recent games. Like I just—I didn't mean to do it, but it happened. I feel like that statement in and of itself is just a lot. <laughs> like a religious victory gets to be Listen. something. Like when you're like, you see the missionaries creeping into your territory. You're like, no, you will die. <laughs> you're like when, slaughtering when, them before they can get to your cities. When Gandhi is the most aggressive. In the game, you know okay. there's something up. Well, okay, there, that that's because of a glitch. <laughs> we need to move on because I am. I, I will go on a long bit about why I love that and how it's a meme. It'll be a <laughs> but, rabbit hole, but yeah. So in 2015, the BJCP brought out their new style guidelines. The ones actually that we're still using up until like this past year. Yeah, um, have they not put out a new one yet? They, they put just, out like almost an enhanced errata. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and like it, it's more of an update to those 2015, but it's not really a rewrite or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, here's some things that we've added and changed just a little bit. Um, so they expressly stated that research does not bear out any presence of sour character. Um, it clarifies the Kentucky common beer style under category or categorizes it under category number 27, which is historical beer, and it can be found in the guidelines as subcategory 27A. Is that right? Uh, um, so it was B on the article, but when I looked it up, the BJCP has it as 27A. Okay. Yeah. So is 27B maybe the GOSA then? I'm doing a, a English cider. They've shifted it. Oh. What did GOSA go to? Gosa may have gotten its own, actually. Yeah, I would bet because it's become a very popular style since 2015. Man, that and God, I remember like we were at a homebrew convention, KC, and they were talking about Gosa's, and I was like, "That now they have 
Oh, no, it's, that's beer recipes. Uh, no, they have... Oh, it's still under... There's 27A is... Is his, uh, historical beer Gosa. Okay. Uh, so, I'm doing a little on-the-fly editing here to talk a little bit about how, how historical styles go. Cause I t- it's, uh, still, yeah, it's still under 27A. Okay. Kentucky Common is as well. Mm. So, they are in the, under the same category. Yet, okay. it is not. It has been decreed yeah. not sour. Yet, it is in the same subcategory same. as Gosa. So, here's kind of how historical styles work. And... It, they don't really. They might say this in the the guidelines now, but I heard one of the the. I, I can't even remember what his name is. It may have been um, Gordon Strong, I think, that wrote it, um, that wrote the guidelines. But, anyways, as he was writing with some other folks that had input, the historical styles are really something that, it's beer styles that are sort of up and coming in the home brewing sector, but have not had enough push to really go over into a big commercial um, production. So the Gosa is a good example of something that homebrewers really started working on and started playing with and have created their own style that may or may not be exactly what the original style is, but it's what sort of the modern example of that style may be. And because keep in mind, the Gosa is based off of being salty because of the water. And there's not a whole lot of water examples out there that are as salty as the Gozas we're getting nowadays. So it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense that you are, are getting a huge amount of saltiness um, if it's just the water that are that's coming. Because, I mean, that's like salt water in some of these things. I was going to say it's just seawater for some of them. Yeah. Like, you can't drink that water. Um, (laughs) You will dehydrate. So the styles are kind of a blending of what the historical version of it is mixed with what this new new kind of version of of higher, bigger, fatter beers that are um, kind of a a new world version. And so what, what we see is these... Homebrewers start making a style, start getting some buzz, and then big breweries will pick it up and you go from there. And that's that's really what we've seen with the Gosa. So I wouldn't be surprised if Gosa got its own category if it hasn't already in the new guidelines soon. And the same thing probably with Kentucky Common if it can get enough latch on to, to this new push. Um, if we're seeing a lot of breweries like across the country starting to do this style, it is very possible. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so, like, right now you've got the Gosa, the Lichtenheiner, which is, uh, I think, a Gosa that's a little bit smokier. So it's kind of like a Rausch beer meets, meets mm-hmm. your um, no, meets meets, Gosa. Meets is um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it comes from a mining town um, in that area, and so a lot of the waters that came off were very minerally because of the polluted waters. Uh, which is real interesting on that one. I was waiting for you to say the waters are very meaty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Pivogradsky pre-prohibition lager, pre-prohibition porter, those are very much um, based off of of historical beers. The Rogan beer, where we're going there, we're going with a, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, somebody else may be able to look this up quicker than I can. I think that one's another one of those smoky styles. And so you get more um, no, I take that back. Rye. That was the that was the one. It was a heavy rye beer. And so um, that beer 
historically that you would use a lot of rye in that one. And so if you want to make a fully rye beer, you can go to this category and that's where you get judged on. Um, Sati, we've talked about those in the past, I believe, um, in our Finnish type uh, episode, or maybe it was a full Sati episode. Um, I don't think we've done a full episode, but it did come it, up. It, we've definitely talked about it before. Because yeah. I wanted to finish up you saying, like, I was like, why do we not have a, the sounder when someone says Sati to just have the Corpaclani? Aye, aye. Yeah. Sorry, Corpaclani Finnish yeah. band. They have a whole so, song of Sati. Think uh, a beer with with some rye, but also juniper berries. Sometimes it's actually filtered through uh, the the twigs of a juniper tree, um, and so in the traditional style, at least. Um, and so these are all sort of weird examples that have cultural impact, but haven't made it to the level where they're getting brewed commercially at a heavy, heavy kind of push. Um, and so. Your Kentucky Common has a big cultural impact for the area of Louisville, especially. Um, Louisville is a huge area, much larger than the area where the Lichtenhainer, um, like, I want to say Lichtenstein, but it's not Lichtenstein. Um, I mean, Lichtenhainer sounds right. So, okay, all these beers are things like my favorite brewery, Off Color, <coughs> brewing. They do, Off Color has never done a Kentucky Common. And they are like one of the few commercial breweries who do all the, like, they have sauties. Their sauties amazing. They have a Lichtenstein. Like, they have all these styles. They do not have a Kentucky Common. I need them to do a Kentucky Common. Do they do primarily, like, European styles, though? They do primarily uh, farmhouse styles. Like, Mm. that's, like, they're bread and butter. Like, they're, they are why I keep saying, um, Saison keeps the lights on. That's that's like yeah. one of their sayings around there. So that like, the farmhouse style is their bread and butter. So I'm like, why are they not doing a Kentucky Common? Like, I'm sure they would do it in the sour vein, just because that's primarily what they do. But it can't have that much wild yeast floating around without it just yeah. <laughs> getting into stuff. So let me um, let me read this Lichtenhainer sour smoky beer from. Thuringia, Germany, brewed with a third Pilsner malt, third wheat malt, and a third of smoked malt. So it's going to have a smokiness to that one. So that was the one that the, all those that are a little smoky and sour at the same time. Um, says it does not contain salt or spices, but if I recall, that one was very much um, brewed in an area that had a lot of mining towns where it was a, a different water quality. Um, sorry, one second. Again, Casey's TB. I was going to say, it's probably a TB cough. Or a child is... Oh. All right, there we are. Better. Moving on into the style of the night, though. Um, Your Kentucky Common is going to be an amber-orange to light brown color. So we're looking at at a a style that is sort of like that that amberish... Um, what we would normally today consider an amber beer, but it's got some leeway there because who knows what kind of additional malts that were added in to balance the the um, acidity. It's going to be very light flavored though, so we're using those malts to balance acidity, not necessarily flavor. Um, you're going to have a malt accented beer, 
but it's going to have a very dry finish and interesting character of malt. So don't think about something that's going to be syrupy or something like a porter. It's not that direction. It's more on the side of cream ale with just a little bit of color to it. You keep saying that, and I always want to like blurt out and interrupt. I'm like, it's corn. <laughs> corn. Yarn. Yarn. Um, <laughs> it's very refreshing due to high carbonation and mild flavors. Keep in mind, um, this beer was served fresh with restrained alcohol levels, 4 to 5.5%. So when they put it into the barrel, it was still fermenting. They've got that bung in the barrel, and it is getting very carbonated as it moves along its way into the, the pub, wherever you go. That barrel is a pressurized bomb, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And so early on, you're going to get high carbonation inside of that inside of that barrel. But once you get to the end of it, if it's not drank fresh, it's going to start losing its carbonation. And so early on, you may get high carbonation. Later, you may get a low carbonation, much more akin to beers that are brewed in in England and served in pubs there. I, uh, I am picturing like – and it, it, it wouldn't be accurate for the time, but I'm picturing people on the back of like a, a, of a big like U-Haul style truck. With a brewing setup in there, just like quick, <laughs> we gotta get to them fast. Brungo, I mean, there's there's gotta be a. Um, the federal government calls it beer. You want to talk as, to Gypsy Brewing? That's uh, yeah. The federal government calls it Brewing beer as soon as you put the the yeast in. So, and we don't pay taxes based on how much ABV it's got. We only pay taxes on volume. And so we could technically ship a beer that you just toss the yeast in and throw the keg out, and there it is. Well, I'm just that, picturing uh, like, you, like you're driving. Yeah, you, know, you need to get this thing fresh to these people by like, you know, next. You know, by and it's good. It's a long car. Yeah, you know, by by the next morning, you're driving overnight, and it's <laughs> you're just sitting there like tossing, and they're like, "Go quick, fast." <laughs> For sure. I'm yeah. picturing this just like Paperboy. <laughs> You're playing Paperboy. Huh. Okay. Huh. Except so, is this a, out the window? Is this a business model where some place <laughs> that wants to say they brew their own beer, you basically send them a mash cold, and it's beer, but whatever they do to treat it after the fact in their own facility is is, is their own thing, or it's a. Uh, uh... Instead of uh, uh, instead of food trucks, it's brew trucks. Brew trucks. I like this idea. <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> You're going to get um, about 15 to 30 IBUs um, in this beer. The malt flavors that are going to come through are going to be a little bit sweet with a little bit of toast and biscuit and caramel from, from those light additions of dark malts to balance out the acidity. Um, but that aroma from the hops and the bitterness is going to be medium to kind of balance that out. Body's going to be medium light and can sometimes have a creamy texture. Um, creamy textures are sometimes driven by the malts that are in there, sometimes by um, high protein malts. So think of those six row barleys with a lot of protein in them, um, giving a little bit of creaminess, but also even more so Creamy texture is driven by carbonation levels. And so the very fine champagne-like bubbles that you could get from a um, carbonation that is done uh, in in 
kind of the process of making the beer in the the serving vessel itself, you're going to get a creamy texture from the very fine bubbles that you get in there. Mm, okay. Um, six row barley use 35% corn grits to dilute uh, the excessive protein levels along with one to 2% each of caramel and black malts. So caramel malt for flavor, black malt color only. That's the only thing that you're looking for the black malt to do. Um, if you're using higher amounts than that, you're going to get roasty toastiness. You don't necessarily want to use that. Um, Native American hops, so not necessarily hops that are raised on reservations, but hops that are native to the U.S. That, that um, was, was going to be a question I was about to ask. Like, okay, hold on. How how native are we talking? Can these hops can these hops uh, uh, run a casino? I would prefer <laughs> no. I would prefer if we could have that. Like, Ooh, I would, I would, would really actually. Cool. There was a. I would like a, some extreme authenticity to the hops. Like if you get some like true native hops, like I would like to have them. You know, go in that fashion. I would and a thousand percent not opposed to this. Yes. Looking something up. That's a that's an inventory like that. That's definitely something that could benefit a lot of people. Yes. Well, we had a there was there was a news story that we talked about. I don't know if it got into the one of the shows, but there was something about about. Uh, yeah, there's like a, 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 na- a good native handful uh, of breweries uh, uh, from. Ha- yeah. Of native um, Native American bre- brewers. Well, the whole brewery, I guess, really. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> as you say, if Casey's going to take longer, I'll start reading other uh, definitions from Urban Dictionary. Of Kentucky Hot Brown. <laughs> the, uh, the, no, okay. So, Willamette Valley is where most of our hops from America are grown right now. And I had no idea until I was just looking this up, but... Apparently, the Native American people were harvesting hops and other crops in the Willamette Valley in the 19, early 1900s to give it the name Hop Capital of the World. So I was thinking to myself, and, and you know, it's it's partially some of what we grew up with Westerns picturing, uh, Native Americans being in very arid climates, and hops use a lot of water. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily put those two things together, but I would love to be able to do a high corn Native American hop um, grown on a reservation where we can just buy it directly from them. That would be a really interesting um, beer to make. Uh, but beyond that, there's a show idea there in the Native American contribution to oh, yeah. um, American beers for sure. I yeah, actually, Ooh, I... we could do that in uh, on. Or in or around Indigenous Peoples Day in October. So we're getting so yeah. nerdy with this. I interned on my archaeology internship, like so close to there. It is <laughs> unbelievable. And I was working with uh, the local Native peoples, and uh, now I'm just like, ah, oh, <laughs> any like anything to like bring them into it would be awesome. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Um. So you're looking at quarter pound, maybe a little bit less than a quarter pound per barrel of uh, the hops for bittering and a similar amount of New York hops, such as Cluster, for flavoring. So this was very much driven by the river exchange system in Louisville. You could get hops from various different parts of the world, and they did. So they were able to take bittering hops and um, from places like probably Idaho at the time and then add those to flavoring hops from New York. 
Hmm. Um, you could also get imported continental Sazerac style hops. Uh, so noble ish hops like saws um, with 0.1 pounds or a 10th of a pound per barrel at the knockout for aroma. So it's kind of interesting. Saws is a German driven hop. So there's still German influence, even though these these breweries are brewing an ale. It's a German influenced beer. Mm-hmm. Um, water in the Louisville area was tip, typically um, moderate to high in carbonates. Mash water was often pre-boiled to participate the carbonate out of the water, and gypsum was commonly added. So gypsum is one of those things that's added in breweries to up the bitterness factor um, and make bitterness a little bit more harsh. It probably wasn't harsh in this case, but it's definitely more assertive. Um, considering the time from mash to kegging for delivery was typically about six to eight days, a clearly aggressive top fermenting yeast was used and a lot of it at that. So here we move from the style guidelines into some of the more like now, here and now stuff. And so we're getting into um, the modern movement to make Kentucky Common the official beer of Kentucky. And there's been uh, various different petitions that have circulated online and in beer circles. And a petition on change.org and sponsored by the Louisville Ale Trail has garnered over 180 signatures to have the topic addressed by state lawmakers. Uh, Vine Pair even has an article that was written and um, talks about the the push. And it's quoted many of the Louisville breweries pushing for the codification of the stat of, of this as being the beer of Kentucky in the statutes. And so Leah, um, who I've actually judged beer with, but I cannot pronounce her last name from by looking at it. <laughs> Dianes, Dianes, maybe, uh, Leah Dianes, uh, head brewer at apocalypse brew works in Louisville thinks that, Beers like Kentucky Common are worth brewing simply because of how they taste. She says, quote here, the fact that they fell out of favor due to new style trends doesn't take away how good they were to drink. Uh, There is a lightness of body, but interesting depth of character, malt flavors, and dry finish that gives it drinkability. We should care about these historical styles because they were tasty beers. Agreed completely here. Um, we shouldn't just like something because it's got historical value. Uh, Chris, you, I know hear all the time about these wine bottles that get dug up on shipwrecks and the wine tastes horrible. Yeah. Uh, food, vinegar. <laughs> it, it, it's the not Lupin joke about that. Yeah. The, the, the wine set down by, uh, Napoleon and it's basically vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, but these beers were actually good. And so <laughs> that's another reason why we should really uh, embrace them because they were good and not just a, a another uh, macro lager, if you will. So one major hurdles face is uh, the beverage of the bluegrass has b- typically been bourbon, uh, while no state has a state beer as of yet. Kentucky is widely known for the bourbon it does produce. It could um, be breaking new ground is all I'm saying. Yeah, we could. Um, the brewing industry in Kentucky is 10 times – sorry. The bourbon industry in Kentucky is 10 times the size of the beer industry. That makes more sense. Yep. And $8.6 billion per year in sales um, is what the bourbon industry is pulling in. And so it's an uphill battle to get any attention that isn't uh, – 
about bourbon. We, we are we are a whiskey state. I, I can't <laughs> argue with that. But now we we do have an official state soft drink though, and that is L eight one or a late one. I was going to say like, that's... <laughs> which is a, a general you know. Uh, ginger ale with a little bit more spiciness to it, maybe. And a bit uh, of caffeine. Does yeah, high caffeine levels. Late, uh, no one calls it a late one or a late one. It's like, LA. No, I've met people who do, really? and we hate them. <laughs> As I say, I've only ever heard it said as a late. Uh, but also, LA. I've I've never had one. So. L8 uh, calls enough attention that uh, Justified had to... It couldn't be considered authentic, even though it's shot in Southern California... They had to shove L8 bottles into the actor's hands. Otherwise, no Kentuckian would believe this was shot in Kentucky. <laughs> Look, that's fair. I mean, in fairness, we also, everyone watching that show, show knew it was in Magic, Kentucky, where you can get from Harlan to uh, Lexington to Harlan in 30 minutes. Yeah, sure. Oh. That's a three hour drive. Don't kid me. <laughs> um, so, the, the, I mean, the funny thing about uh, uh, while no state has an official beer, even like California Common isn't the official beer of California. Mm. Here we've got a soft drink being like, oh yeah, this is us. <laughs> you no, know, this is, this is Kentucky. Yeah. But it is. <laughs> However, a source close to this subject, which is not yet published anywhere, um, has hinted that in April of this year, so next month, Governor Andy Bashir is anticipated to declare the Kentucky Common the beer of the Commonwealth at the I- first state. Common Fest. I will Aww. bend the knee to Daddy Andy anytime he does this. <laughs> so, uh, Andy, Daddy Andy is a, just like a has such a thing. So, after what the world has been through in the past couple of years, like they're especially at the height of like the pandemic, there was just this thing. It was like, well, Andy Griffith is on at six, but Andy Bashir's on at five. <laughs> <laughs> just he's there to tell you. Y'all can't be doing that. <laughs> because that's what he would say. He would come on and say it in a very, like, grandmotherly, chastising tone. Y'all can't be doing that. <laughs> Bingo parlors in Pike County. Y'all can't y'all be doing that. I wonder if there is a beer named We Can't Be Doing That. Oh, there oh. has like, the if an- there isn't the Andy Bush, The Andy no. Bush beer. Casey. Oh, if, okay. No, Casey, so, it, no, Casey. If this comes to have this comes to pass, have a drink. We'll sponsor a traditional, like as traditional as we can make it, Kentucky Common called "Y'all Can't Be Doing That." I I will oh, throw however it. much I will empty my bank account for you right now. <laughs> I was gonna say when I say have a drink, we'll sponsor. It basically means we will sponsor because have a drink. <laughs> we don't have that much money. Have a drink has no money, so that basically means we will sponsor. Hey, I'm, I'm definitely brewing a Kentucky Common and naming it this. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, you have to. <sighs> but I want this thing to be as traditional as possible, like up to the still fermenting up until. <laughs> <laughs> as it's on its way? Yeah. That seems I need to you be... to be coming to me in a, in a in a U-Haul with that thing fermenting in the back. <laughs> so, let... mm-hmm. We're like Fuck Donkey Kong pushing these barrels at the back of that U-Haul. <laughs> if you want to know when Casey exposes his sources, you can always subscribe on Patreon. But we'll get there here in just a little bit. 
Um, so Kentucky Common Fest, it's supposed to be a celebration that brings beer to the same forefront as bourbon um, the, during Kentucky Derby Week. So expect this as sort of like the kickoff to Kentucky Derby Week. Um, expect him to declare this Kentucky Common being the beer of the Commonwealth and also the first beer, official beer of any state or Commonwealth, if you will. Um, so state breweries are expected to serve their own versions of the Kentucky Common at this festival, as well as having a co- competition of the best in the state, uh, which if I were to brew it and send it in for this competition, I would have it still fermenting on the way to the competition. That's it. Oh, that sorry. Make- I just love that idea. That would make it. I will have to for s- sure. I, so I have to say, like, I feel like um, on the the whole state beer thing or state drink. I guess it's just beer. Uh, the California one. I don't think it should be the California Common, but the the IPA. Well, it may, might have to be some kind of IPA. Sierra Nevada IPA. Yeah. Pale ale. Uh, Considering yeah, the they're from a totally different yeah, the, state, why not? What's the What's the brewery that makes Hell or High Watermelon? Uh, that is Twenty First Amendment. Okay, because they're like in San Francisco or something. That whatever yep. they're beer from them, just they, they're... around the corner from the the Giants ballpark, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so like oh, that's wow. the brewery of the state. Like I don't, I don't know. Like pick an IPA from them, and then that's just going to be the state beer. Because like that California Common doesn't make sense to be the state beer for California. It needs to be the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Pale Ale, yeah. yeah I mean that. No, no, that that tracks. All right. Well, Let's see. Oh, I guess they are Chico. Yeah, I was saying like, Sierra Nevada is in Chico. For some reason, I was thinking they were an Oregon brewery. Oh no! But no, no. okay, yeah, definitely Sierra Nevada Pale Ale has mm-hmm. to be. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh, so we've got some. There's an untapped list here of. Yeah, I was just trying to include like some like modern day, basically, uh, of the quote unquote revival of you know. The style. top one there, which is probably the like most distributed mm. uh, under the name Kentucky Common, is from Against the Grain, the Common Canoodlin', which is, uses the ramen wrapper. God. Great. I mean, they, they us, do, you have to give it to them that they always usually, like, they, they have good art on there. Heavy stuff. warning, they do the sour style. I was going to say, that, that feels like that's probably more Gosa than... No, yeah. it goes to the man it's now. Got, what? Why haven't we made that beer where you just throw tons of ramen packets in there? Oh God! Like the oh. salt packet. No, no, God, no, Gosa doesn't describe that because one. it would kill you. Like the sodium. Uh, Where's the MSG beers? So common canoodlins more like a uh, a red sour. Like that's uh. like a buckle up buttercup when you're <laughs> heading into that sour. It's not a nice light sour kind of tart with some salt. No. That's a gonna rock your world kind of and, sour. And pulling it at six and a half ABV. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I just came up with a new song, which was a uh, pucker up, buttercup, baby, gonna sour down, sour <laughs> down. Uh, yeah, and and uh, some of these we talked about before on the 2014 like ones that are starting to do the revival kind of list. Um, I personally love the name. Angry Banjo is one of the, one of, the of course. Whereas in pre-show, that was me going, you know, craft beers really jump the shark when we have <laughs> Angry Banjo. 
is mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we we the shark's been jumped. That's that's <laughs> why we're that's why the industry's where it is. <laughs> but of course, and then the, also the Fall City one is on there, which the Fall City, which is like I want to. That's like the proto craft version. Yeah, the Fall City one was like the most highly distributed one of the like common ale style before you know against the grain soured that. Well, and the, I I want to. I don't know if it's still being made either, but I want to find the the common sense ale from Upstate Brewing in New York. That is on several lists, actually. Yes. So I feel like that's mm. kind of a thing. Um, so yeah. I don't mind trying to find that somewhere. All right. Well, All right. speaking of the Kentucky Common, let's get into what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. Guess what? It's not a Kentucky Common. I was going to say, I almost want uh, to start because... Because... Uh, <laughs> He's the only one to start. We're, right we're, we're just... Well, no. We're all going to start. Like We're going to go in the list. Okay. In the order it is. Go down, down, down the list. That's we, fine. We have a nice list. And the first two of us, I went out today in the state of Kentucky and could not find a Kentucky Common. And that's, that's... what led us both to go, is there a Kentucky Common season? Because apparently we're not in it. I mean, there are like unofficial seasons for some of these beers, right? Like that's that's you only find them during X what's, month. I want to be like, what's the you know proprietarial malt here that's causing the issue? It's corn. Corn's not out of season. It's corn. <laughs> yeah, I got I got nothing. I don't know. It ain't corn season yet, boy. It's Kentucky. Corn. corn. It's Kentucky. Corn's always available. I've been watching a lot of uh, the. Moonshiners episodes, and they're like, "Oh, there's corn season, you know, corn season. You got it's when you moonshine, it's when it's corn season." I mean, there is a corn season. Like my, we we used to grow corn at my my grandfather's like plot of, well, actually, both my grandfathers had little plots of farmland that they would grow corn on, and there was there was husking and 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 bean shucking, and there was there was a lot of like. Get to work, boy. Shuck God, beans. I hate shucking oh. corn. Oh, shuck beans. Man, mm. so uh, my great aunt always, so shuck beans, her version of it was called leather britches. Oh, I love yeah. the leather Okay, we've Le- talked about this on the show yeah, before because I'm like, wait, what? We're, we're getting down country when we're talking about making leather britches. Making leather britches. But yeah, that's what uh, my great aunt used to make for all holidays was leather britches. There- there was right. a quick there was a quick detour back to uh, Eastern Kentucky yeah. uh, very recently for me, which involved some uh, chicken and dumplings, some some uh, green beans, mashed potato. I'm just sitting there, just like, and that food didn't last on that plate longer than when I sat down because it was literally just me shoveling. That but, was oh. for my birthday. Uh, my oh. great aunt, who used to be a school uh, cook, mm-hmm. always made me homemade chicken and dumplings. And oh. leather britches. And I oh. have not had leather britches to even come I, close to hers since. I, I, I've got some recipes I gotta learn because I got I gotta I gotta bring you guys some 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 family recipes. All right, but we're it's what we're drinking, not what, what we're, we're drinking, not what we're eating. Yeah. Well let, let me say this. There is a book out there about Appalachian food that anybody that um and seed saving specifically um, it says that, cornbread does not have sugar in it. <laughs> I'll die it on that hill. Oh, it does, definitely. No, I, I will <laughs> die on this hill, and I'll kill everyone with me. So anybody that is is interested in the Appalachian culture and the stories behind it, go get the book 
Saving Seeds, Preserving Taste, Heirloom Seed Savers in Appalachia. There's a Kindle edition. The book's by Bill Best. Um, go check it out because there is a ton of knowledge on even how the bean lines in families are passed down and your beans that are grown two hills over from somebody else's beans are totally different yep. just because of the way you've saved them. Uh, that's just, so my great aunt who made our leather bridges, she canned her own beans every season. Yep. Up until the year she died. So yeah. But uh, again, this is what we're drinking, not what we're eating. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast we could do is how Appalachians were raised and what we ate. So uh, what we were drinking, we were not drinking to style, sadly. The only thing I could find close to style was uh, steam beer, and I couldn't bring myself to purchase it So because uh, I've got so much good beer here that's starting to go bad that we had to start cracking some, and we're getting some leftovers from New Year's Eve. Uh, so I'll do the first one here. Dragon's Milk Reserve Stroop Waffle Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout with Caramel Vanilla Cinnamon Coffee and Stroop Waffle Cookies. Very good. Very good. Really starting to fade. Uh, you're really missing a lot of the notes there. <laughs> it's uh, just kind of bland. You're missing the notes. Yeah. It's kind of bland. Don't care. It's blanded out extremely. So, so even coming into this, I was like, we've got to drink these. Uh, we drink them at room temperature even. So, like, anything <laughs> anything should have showed. And I didn't pick up a whole bunch. Like, some cinnamon, kind of, maybe, on the back side of it. I don't remember because I'm kind of buzzed right now. Uh, it's an 11% <laughs> ABV uh, from New Holland Brewing. Very, very nice. And I'll, I'll let you go with the next one because, <laughs> again, this is just uh, yeah, leftovers from New Year's Eve. Uh, this is so... <laughs> Same vein. Uh, this is the Dragon's Milk Triple Mash, uh, the 2021 release. Because 2022 just landed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> triple Mash Bourbon Barrel Age Stout, uh, because Dragon's Milk. Um, do, 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 do. Information, it's dark. Uh, 17% ABV, which is why I feel buzzed. Um, <laughs> I will say it. <laughs> I don't know Here where they get 17%. It has never tasted like 17%. Well, it doesn't taste like it. That doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> God, sorry. The lighting is not working with me right now. <laughs> by the by, the way she says that, it's like the moon is shining <laughs> on her. So she's like, I can't see anything. There's actual light hitting me. I don't know how I don't know what to do with light. my eyes can't handle this. That's not wrong. Um so, well, you didn't read the description on yours, did you? Okay. No, you I'm don't have to read It's triple mash. Yeah. They, they made a beer. Then they said, let's make beer from the beer. And they said, hey, <laughs> let's make more. Let, let's do the same thing again. It's Yo, like dog, that, I heard you like beer, so I'm going to make beer from your beer for your beer. Yeah. It's like that uh, that coffee that they do that with. Like the, 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 yeah. yeah. I can't, it's it not, has an actual term, but I can't Death Wish. It's the oh, okay. twice brewed. Or like the but this the Dan is triple this is triple triple mashed. Hey, it's like <laughs> they just keep mashing the mash. Yeah. You know the the Dan Bull song, the PC Master Race song. The my Oculus Rift has an Oculus Rift for its Oculus Rift. Yeah. Um, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, that's, uh, but it's that's good. Where this beer is. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you both have had... Bob, you had it because you were here for New Year's Eve, but... Casey's um, had it because I sent him a bottle. Yeah, oh, yep. uh, Look, there was a lot of stuff that happened on New Year's. There's not a lot of memories that were formed. Yeah. I um, 
I took the triple mash, and since I wasn't the there toll? for New, since I wasn't there for New Year's, I uh, used it as a beer to describe for one of my beer classes that I'm in. <laughs> well, all right, it worked out well. <laughs> okay, uh, that's what we were drinking. Was, How about you? Guys? Was the was the triple mash good? It was smash like. Uh, considering it's, you know, close to a year old, I'm going to say I'd like some fresh. And, uh, the, this last year it was, you had to go to their distribution warehouse to get it. Could even go to the brewery to get it. And it's supposed to hit distro this year. So I am hoping to get some distro, uh, did not pre-order any and drive up to Michigan to get it. Hmm. Fair. All right. Well, I am having... A Kentucky Common. I'm drinking to style this time because I could nice. find something to style. A nice big can that says Kentucky Common. It does. You tend to uh, though, anyway. You know. I like, try to. At... I do not always succeed, and if it's a YN episode, I give up uh, before it even starts. I just look at it, and go, uh, no. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I was out shopping for beer, and I saw this, and I knew we had the episode coming up. I was like, I will not find another Kentucky Common. Anywhere in this place. Good call. I don't get this right now. Today I could not find one. So this is from Dreaming Creek uh, Brewery, who, if you look at their can, most likely Gypsy Brew down at Against the Grain because it says brewed and packaged by Against the Grain Brewery. (laughs) What I'm going to guess, they're a tiny brewery. Mm. So what... uh, I would suspect is happening is that they have said, Hey, we'll brew in our own place. And then the beers that do really well that we want to send out into the general distribution. Will you brew them for us at against the grain? And then they've sent them out into distro while it's, while it's the one recipe. But I can also tell you that dreaming Creek has just picked up a new canning line. Because we oh, consulted ooh. with them on what canning line we were oh. going to buy. And um, they've got the next model up from us, but they may be doing their own stuff from here on out. So, okay. Well, so, they've got what I, I, I do actually, they have a very descriptive can. And I joked about this before, but it has everything I would need for our block here, including IBUs and uh, and hops used. Nice. So they've got, it's it's 5.45. ABV, 21 IBUs. It's using cluster and holler, holler tower hops. Okay, so American on the cluster, holler tower, tower. bringing in that German tradition style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this tastes like a like a like a malty cream ale. It is so true to it's style. Been, apparently, yeah, it's it's true to style. It's been real fun. Uh, it's been real nice. It, uh, it does not have a beer advocate score, but it does have an untapped of a three point seven three out of five. This is real good. Uh, not a bad score at all. It's uh, we were talking as we're going through like the episode. They're like, oh, we might use this to try to balance out some of the acidity. It has like you can taste a little bit of a uh, little bit of malt sweetness. With like the faintest hint of like a little bit of a bite from like maybe an acidity, but it's mm-hmm. it's real, real, real fine. But this is 
this has been great. It's been a, a, a really good, like just drinkable, crushable beer. And it's, I, I do tend to prefer a darker, like if I can mix the malt flavor and color of a darker beer with, with a cream ale, which I also enjoy, I get this Kentucky common and I'm happy. That makes sense then. Nice. All right. Casey. So if you've noticed my more talkative nature <laughs> and my uh, inability to stay on task, um, you can blame it on odd side and their bourbon barrel aged Imperial Mayan. Uh, what's what's the stout. alcoholic version of Porkins from uh, from uh, A New Hope? Stay on target. <laughs> Stay on target. Uh, Drunkens, uh, pull up. <laughs> it's eleven percent, and I haven't had dinner yet. So <laughs> uh, one can in, and it makes you happy. Uh, <laughs> it's a really good beer. Uh, a really, really good beer. Um, I'm going to try to save one or two back for y'all whenever we get to see each other next because, dang, this sucker's good. Um, it is a an imperial style barrel-aged, of course, but it's got coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, and habanero. 92% on uh, Beer Advocate. And, uh, I thought you were going to say 92% ABV. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> it, it, there's really no space in it other than for coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, and habaneros, um, and alcohol. That's all that's in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a delicious, delicious brew. This one was supposed to be, I can't tell, it was canned on in September of 2021, but it has held up very well sitting on a hot shelf. Um, not refrigerated, so very pleased with this beer. I mean, the Imperial Stouts can get away with that. I feel like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. oxidation, sturdy. oxidation's good actually in an Imperial Stout because it breaks down some of the flavors and and uh, lets them sweeten up just a little bit. So, a good age is not a bad thing, especially with a barrel aged beer. It's almost like it's already pre um, pre oxidized to a certain extent. It's like uh, Three Floyds took that note and uh, <laughs> ran with it and said, hey, don't drink this. It's where you get soy sauce. Yeah, they said, don't drink this for at least three years, guys. <laughs> Just yeah. it's never going to be like, okay. uh, Don't drink this for three years. If you do have to open it before then, pour it on your Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today's episode about the Kentucky Commons with by Brittany, uh, spiced and hoppy, if you will. Kentucky Common, an indigenous American beer style from kegerator.com. Kentucky Common Beer on Wikipedia. Um, Vine Pair, Beer Advocate, and BJCP were all used as resources. So many different resources in on this one. Because not anyone, as I'm sure she's found, uh, had a whole lot of, of resources straight out the gate. You had to kind of hunt and peck to find everything. This is a lot of copy and paste and re-paraphrasing. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> so uh, it, it's one of those styles that maybe in the future it'll get the love that it deserves. But in the meantime, though, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com and follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv. You can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, where you can also tell us about your thoughts about our proposed new format uh, after either tell us ahead of time 
when it's happening years later, if we've changed it and you don't care for it, you know, now that said, there is a limit. If it's been, you know, a hundred years and we're all dead and you're still somehow listening to this podcast, don't tell us. We're not going to answer. Uh, Well, maybe they'll answer. They're going to live forever. If I have my way, uh, you can all uh, you can also use the feedback feedback page on the website. All joking and death aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't don't try to kill yourself with alcohol poisoning. Please, okay, we can. Yeah, we'll not go there. Okay, so check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode uh, and potentially a new format. Uh, and then also check out patreon.com slash have a drink show and also have a drink store.com because you never know where the uh, personal banter will be who knows? The next episode. Wait, it may only be on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye guys. Bye. So the Kentucky hot brown, the act of... Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> <laughs>